0: How do we bring our art and faith together? What do you do when you're stuck and unable to move forward with your grief? You may be surprised to know that grief is necessary, but art can have an impact as it heals the soul and brings deep understanding that grief is love. Well, I'm excited to have on the podcast today Armando Haredia joining me in discussion. We'll talk about creating room in the church for the visual artist to be included in worship, not just as an aside. We discuss how he has been exploring using visual arts in his church and ministry. Armando also shares about his projects, uh, Art Against Oppression and Found Object Art and Using Art to Do Good. We discuss how powerful art can be to bring us healing. Armando will conclude today talking about his new book, I Feel You, and how it has helped him and many others find healing through grief and depression. We are his masterpiece, Made in His Image. We were created to create beauty, wonder, and awe everywhere we go. We are The Painted. All right, well, Armando Heredia, welcome to the podcast, The Painted. We're so excited to have you join us today and have this conversation. Thank you for being on The Painted.
1: Well, thank you for inviting me. I really appreciate the opportunity to talk about art in general and um, my art specifically.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, tell us a little bit, our audience, a little bit about some of the
1: areas in which you work with your art. Well, I'm a lifelong artist. I've, um, as far as I can remember, art has been a part of my life. But um, I'm, I guess what you call a multidisciplinary artist. I I work in almost all different, you know, all the different kinds of mediums, sculpture, painting, drawing. Um, um, I've done just a variety of things right now. I'm really focused on uh, illustration, um, but I, I have done a lot of experimental work. Like I did a series called the crumpled series where I took paper and just crumpled it and then used the patterns to create work. Um, I've done um, found object art, which is a a big part of the the art that I've done in the past. And some of the the more exciting things that I've done was through found art. Um, That's where you basically, um pick up objects that have been discarded and you create work from them um, uh, so um, yeah so just about all of the different mediums i've i've experimented with some i, I do better in some than others but i i love all of them
0: The question that comes up a lot i think especially for those of us that are believers of faith is how do you bring your faith and your art together how does that work together for you and i know it looks different for different people um, i've noted on the podcast before some of us are christian artists and literally we the art reproduces for the church and it's used directly in ministry and then some of us are artists who are christian and so our art may not be directly christian but at the end of the day because we have Christ in us, it, at some at some place, it, it reflects a Christian worldview. Somehow it comes out, right? Because we're believers. Somehow it comes out. So for you, how do you bring your art and faith together? How does that work for you as an artist? What well, I think
1: that, that like? kind of evolved for me when I first um, became a believer. Um, I didn't really, I wasn't able to really find a place in the church where I could like really express uh, my art um, just for the sake of it being art. So I turned it into um, service, you know, like graphic design for the church or creating things that were promoting things within the church. And as I've gotten older and and more aware of what God is doing in my life and what he has done in my life, I realized that it doesn't have to be something specifically, um, you know, promoting something, but you can create art for the sake of art itself. And so... For me, um, the way that I think that my faith and my art um, intersect is that typically um, I'm looking for ways for my art to create some kind of, to serve in some way. Um, so that um, w- one of the things that I, uh, a tagline that I used in the past was not just creating good art, but art that does good. And so there's been a few endeavors that I've done specifically where I tried to take my art. And serve a group of people, whether it's by raising awareness against some kind of oppression. Uh, we had a, an art group called Art Against Oppression for a while, um, did a couple of really cool tours with that and raised some awareness for different things. And then um, another uh, avenue was, um, which I'm sure we'll probably talk about a little bit more, is just using um, art to um, help serve people that have been in. Um, Uh, disaster areas and by raising funds for them um, using the using my art and then the other thing is to literally express god's goodness through um, metaphor you know like creating work that can be used in within um, the church or as a way to express the gospel Um, i also uh, like to do uh, live worship uh, where i um, come in and like during the time of worship during the songs um, set up a canvas and and paint something that goes along with you know what's going on in the service that day or with the you know a specific song. I've traveled a few places and have done that, and it's been um, pretty well received, but whether or not it's been, you know for me, that's not really the thing is whether it's well received, but that I'm able to to use it as worship. so so a few different ways.
0: Can you tell us, like, so what, first of all, what state are you located in? I'm
1: currently, I'm in Arizona. Um,
0: now, yeah, when you, when you did the Art Against Depression, what, describe us, describe how that worked. Where did you, like, you didn't you yes. have it in multiple states or how, how exactly was that? Set well, what this that was like,
1: uh, the first time we did a tour. We did it in 2012. I was living in Illinois at the time, right outside of St. Louis. So on the, on the, on the border there. Um, there was, um, um, a few things that were going on, like, it seems like there's always something going on in the world, but one of the things that we really focused on was on human trafficking. Um, and so I collaborated with a few other artists and we put together an exhibit that was based on, um, bringing awareness to these things and and creating talking points and ways to connect people to. Um, agencies that were directly working in those areas. So um, we put together the exhibit and then I just did a lot of legwork, reached out to a lot of people that I knew, made contacts, and we ended up uh, touring for 30 days. And it was 12 people in a 12-passenger van for 30 days. And uh, we we left um, Missouri. So um we had several different places and and there were churches churches that exhibited some of the uh the work, even though it wasn't uh it was um pretty graphic not in a in a bad way, but it was just really bold bold work that really made statements about these different uh issues and um a lot of the i mean all of the churches that had us come in were really impacted the people were really impacted, and a lot of them didn't know about the things that were going on. And we had the opportunity to speak about um, what God could do and what He does do. One of the things that I um, shared uh, as part of the exhibit was um, we uh, we had visual artists that came in, but we also had um, music artists. We had two bands that that traveled with us, and so we were actually we would do the exhibit, and then we had a, a part where we actually worked with the church itself and spoke on forgiveness, and what God's love can do. And uh, it was really powerful. And the bands, they they did the worship sets, and and, uh, it was just, it was a great time. A few years later, after I moved to Arizona, uh, we did another um, project where we uh, did some awareness about domestic violence, and um, did a show here in Arizona, and then uh, in Missouri we uh, we drove out and um, set up a show at a gallery and had a had a great impact there too, and uh, collaborated with some artists here in Arizona and in Illinois and came together for the for the gallery exhibits and they were pretty powerful.
0: Well, do you do you find when you're working with churches are these churches that are already set up with an arts ministry of some sort or do you when you contact them do you have to explain and how does this work and how this could be a benefit is there is there a struggle or a resistance there or you kind of know churches that are already uh, embracing the arts yeah I think at this the time
1: way? I mean this was ten years ago so um, in 2012 it was but cold call I mean it was like call explain, even some of the people that were uh, friends of mine, you know, uh, because I've been in youth ministry, uh, I started in youth ministry back in like in the early 90s, so I had made some connections pretty much in a lot of areas, Um, but uh, even some of those folks that were, you know, fairly progressive in in the way that they did things, um, couldn't grasp the concept of having like that, uh, the art against oppression in 2012, I had one pastor say, I don't know how that would help. Our church and I was like well I don't know if it would necessarily help your church but it would help your church help other people you know it help your church raise a you know maybe there's somebody in your community that would connect with it and and maybe connect to some of these service organizations that could help them but it was a it was a no-go for that one
0: how is it um... Because I, I I live here too, you know, over the years working in the arts. How was it how was it dealing with the, especially with the church, when you're dealing with, I say the church with a capital C, how is it trying, is it frustrating for you personally or is it just like, okay, well, I kind of expect it, like how working and trying to make progress in terms of bringing the arts and the need for using the arts as an outlet and as an expression of faith and as a doing good mechanism, so to speak, Right is that frustrating for you? Has it been, or is it better now? What is your experience well, with that and how it's impacted what it's been for you? I think what for me, like for you?
1: you know, like I said, when I first got in the church, there wasn't really an avenue uh, or a way to, to, um, use the arts other than, I mean, let me rephrase this. Cause the church uses the arts, you know, um, speaking and, uh, you know, because when you, when you preach and you speak, you're you're creating messages. You're using you know language. You're using metaphor. You're so I feel like that's a very artistic expression. Um, some people are a little bit more artistic in the way they do it than others. Um, and during at that time, there wasn't uh, there was the other and of course the other arts is music. You know that's a that's a for most churches that's a really big part of their program. Is there a worship team or or a choir or at the time, you know, back in the 90s, choirs were really big. So there was ways for the arts to be expressed. But visual arts, um, like I said, unless you were doing something that specifically was promoting, like graphic design or whatever, there wasn't really a whole lot of that. Um, But I found that there seems to be more um, ways that we could be using the arts and yeah uh, you know as a as an artist you know when you have a talent uh you and you bring it and there's not a place for it well um uh, that's unfortunate because it's it could be a way for for you to get engaged but since there's no mechanism for it then it doesn't happen so it, yeah it has been it has it had been frustrating so you know like a lot of people whenever you you come up against something over and over you know, I just decided to try to do things to uh, make an impact anyway and reach out and share it and express it. I think that um, for me, it it sometimes was frustrating or, and or whenever I was reaching out to try to connect people with, with, you know, different types of art ministry. It it was, I don't know if it's frustrating, but it's just, you know, you have to explain it and that's okay because it's, it doesn't seem like it's something new, but for the modern church, you know, it is new. But if you look, you know, in antiquity, art was a major part of the church because um you lived in a society that was pretty much illiterate and didn't have access to scripture, so the church hired artists and there was patrons that paid artists to paint the gospels, you know, and so these Sistine Chapels and all of these different places were full of art beautiful you know powerful imagery and it was because they were using it to express the gospel to a world that was illiterate and um, you know i feel like maybe there's as we're moving forward people are not illiterate but they read less you know maybe now there's going to be some more um, opportunity for visual visualization of the gospel and to be able to impact this generation
0: You know, I find it, I still find it surprising. So back in mid-2000s, early 2000s, mid-2007, 8, somewhere in there, I'm not sure exactly what year, a few years I went to the Willow Creek uh, Creative Arts Conference and they used to be one of the leaders for doing, specifically in the service, incorporating theater, dance, visuals, different things to go with the message and just the whole worship experience and music, of course. But I was, I was encouraged during that time walking through the halls with other people attending and hearing what churches they're from, and this term kept coming up, and it was a new term for all of us at the time, the, I, the position or the title of worship arts pastor or creative arts pastor, kind of used interchangeably. And I thought, oh, maybe there's hope. Maybe, we, maybe we're going to get past the arts specifically when we say worship arts or we say creative arts. That we're not just referring to musicians and singers, which has its place, but it's usually been the only place to express, at least, at least in the service. And then I'm going through um, recently, and I was going through, I happen to be going through over the past, you know, a few years, positions that are offered by other churches, and they're using the term creative arts or worship arts, and specifically creative arts pastors that they're looking to hire. And I'm actually looking at the job description. And basically, to my disappointment, majority of them are still using that as it's basically a worship arts pastor that's in charge of the technical media. So yes, there's still music involved. There's an expectation you would be a musician or you would organize the worship in terms of singing, musicianship, and also be in charge of the visuals, but specifically like the the, the lighting, the um, projection, the different video screens that we're using now, but not including specifically the arts. I'm thinking we still, in from what I can see from my estimation, we still haven't really got there yet. I still think maybe it's just my own limited ability to see. It still seems to me that this idea of creative arts pastor, meaning that you incorporate all the arts, in, in specifically we're talking about church, in a form to to engage worship, and so it would be the visual artist as well, the literary artist as well, and and also the worship artist. Now, you you talked about Tapestry Church in Illinois, and I'm aware that um, I'm aware that you started something with the same name in Arizona, where you are in the Phoenix area called Tapestry Church, but it's different, isn't it? Tell me what's the the difference between what you were doing in the past and what Tapestry Church has become in
1: Phoenix. Well, when we we were in Illinois, uh, Tapestry started at, it really started as a book club that, um, a small group uh, that was based on a book club and people started coming to it really connected. And, you know, when you're an artist and a lot of, I guess that term birds of a feather flock together. We had a lot of people that were coming that were artists and, you know, creatives and stuff like that. So when we started that tapestry, it was still more of a traditional style church where, you know, um, it was music and then preaching and, and, um, and we tried to create avenues for people to be able to share their artwork. Um, um, But it was an aside. It was a big part of what we were doing, but it was still not the the main part. So here at um, Tapestry, um, I'm in a suburb called Buckeye, and we found this (laughs) dilapidated old church and uh, it was, you know, we rented it out and we started it. um, We rented it to create a venue for young people to be able to get together and do music. And we created a gallery and on Friday nights, we did an open mic show um, and and also an open call for art. And people would bring their art, you know. And I'm not talking about it was in frames. Um, uh, I'm talking about these were, you know, kids in high school and and junior high that were had drawings on you know loose leaf paper, and we strung up uh, literally string with paper with a clothespin so that we could hang their work. And then, um, and then, and we had a jury show, and we'd get a local artist uh, to come out and be the judge. And it was awesome, man. It, we we were we were it was really good. And um, in the midst of that, um, I took the idea of tapestry, and 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 created what does a tapestry church of the arts. And so basically, what we did was instead of the arts being an aside. We created the arts to be a focus. And the way we did that was we we created a series, like we did um, a series on Genesis, and it was called uh, Makers Gonna Make. And so what we did is um, we created um, a six-part series and invited artists to participate. And the artists um, were given the schedule of what we were doing, and uh, they were able to create work that was the message, and then so what? Then we would do is we would, um, when we got together for our worship time, we would um, speak on that subject based on uh, that uh, artwork. So what I mean by it is that we had the art. The artist would bring it up and unveil it to the church, and then speak on the inspiration for the art, which was the word. And so um, like one of the things that uh, really impressed me was impressed. One of the things that I took from it was um, I created a piece in, for Genesis where um, uh, it says, and um, darkness was upon the face of the deep. And, and then he spoke and let there be light. And uh, this, this is space specifically the phrase the spirit of the Lord hovered above above the water and so I created a sculpture using um a drop cloth like a really thin plastic drop cloth and suspended it from the ceiling over a little bowl of communion wine and then put a light inside of it and we, and of course we had all the lights off and it was just this ethereal kind of floating uh, thing but then what I did is I took and i created a face using um packing tape uh, so that it looked literally like a face was hovering over the communion wine and um and then our worship team sang song you know songs that were about that and then the message was that i mean literally we didn't have to say anything but um i had the opportunity to speak about that um that piece of art and share the gospel through that we had another gentleman um that because we we i mean we put it out like on the craigslist in the art section and and we reached out through our social medias and our, our blog and everything just you know let people know what the next coming series was and we um we had another series uh which was basically it was based on opposites and uh, like um and this one was called small and spacious and we had a, a gentleman that he wrote this series. It was a fantastic series, but um, he was talking about how, how some things seem small, but they're actually really big. And he was uh, focusing on the Book of Romans. And we had this gentleman contact us that w- did microscopic photography. and um, But then he would print it as art. And it was just some of the most amazing things that you could think about. But it, it was based on this concept of of opposites in scripture or seeming opposites and um so he brought in prints of his microscopic photos that he had enlarged and it was it was really it was really powerful it was an open call we didn't and, and it wasn't um uh like explicitly to, to Christians, it was open to, to all people, and that's the beauty of it, like this gentleman, yeah, this microscopic uh, yeah, he was he was not a believer, and but he came and heard the message and, and that was and you know two things. One was um, you know when, when you if you don't have a venue or an avenue for people that have the arts to be able to bring it in as worship then they're going to end up taking it somewhere else and using it in another way. You know, and so in a way, this is an awesome opportunity to engage a group of people that typically have not engaged with the church. And the other thing that I think is really important is that it also gives the opportunity for you to engage with people in the church that have yet to engage because they haven't found a place yet to engage. And so uh, tapestry, uh, the church, you know, the arch church was kind of an experiment to see if that was a valid um, way to express the gospel. And I found that it was, it was a very valid and very powerful way to be able to express. And we had several artists that came and connected and a lot of people that would come, you know, the thing is, is like, say you're an artist like yourself and you're not part of the church, but then your family hears that you're creating a, a, a piece of work that's going to be shared at a church and that they're actually gonna, you're actually going to be speaking about your work. Um, and uh, that wasn't a requirement, but it was something that we really encouraged because I, I'd, I'd rather you speak about your work than me speak about it. But what was beautiful about it was this, is that, OK, so here's this uh, artist uh, and he's not part of the church, doesn't know anything about the church. But he responds to the, the open call, and then we have an art, I have an art brief with him where I say, okay, this is what we're doing. This piece of work is part of a six-part series, and we are um, going to be um, sharing about the creation, about creation. And so um, I'm going to give you uh, – here's your prompt. This, you can do whatever you want with it, but it needs to express this idea you know, Genesis one, one, and maybe they've never read Genesis one, one. So that gives me the opportunity to talk to them about scripture, gives them the opportunity to go back and study it and research it and look into it. And then for them to express that idea in a way that maybe none of us would have expressed it because we're not coming at it fresh with a bunch of, without a bunch of other ideas. It's just this one thing. And then they come participate in the service spend time in, you know, worship with other people, you know, maybe in a way they've never experienced before. And then also they're celebrated for the gift that they've brought that we've all shared. And so it's evangelistic in a way because it gives me as a pastor the opportunity to to sit down with somebody and maybe we're, we're doing a section on the book of Romans, which we did. So now I'm going to sit down with this person and tell them what the message is about or give them at least an outline, give them the verses that we're going to be studying from, and then give them the opportunity to digest that and then articulate it and turn it into a way of expression and then share that with the church. And so, yeah, and so that, you know, the the other part of that, which I was kind of going towards was this. Now you've got this person that's not been a part of the church, whose family's not been part of the church, that's at church sharing their stuff with the church so their family What are they going to do? They're going to come and see it too, you know? And then we keep their, we allow their, you know, they allow us to keep their art as part of the gallery as we build through the series. And, um, then they come back to share their work, you know, or it's a college student and his, you know, professor says, Hey, you know, so-and-so is going to be showing his work at this church. You know, you guys should all go and let's, 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 you know, support our, Fellow students, so now you've got students coming, and we had a lot of students come um and sit and allowed me to share with them the gospel through because of art and so then the art was not an aside; it was actually the message you know, and um that was the beauty of 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 it, and I feel like there is an awesome opportunity for uh churches who would be willing to allow an art community to build up, to to be established in their church.
0: It's the church reclaiming the arts, right? Like you mentioned earlier, the most early art antiquities, early art was for the church, commissioned for the church, sponsored by the church or or sponsors that Mm -hmm. were believers. But really the church reclaiming the arts. Mm -hmm. You know, having many conversations with pastors here coming out of COVID, And depending on what coast you're on, it seems like some of us on the East Coast, West Coast got hit harder in terms of regulations and rules and what state you're in and how that impacted churches and specifically how it's impacted ministries. Specifically with the arts, I I think if you look across and examine, at least in a lot of areas today, we... The idea of engaging people again in the process of coming to church, uh, the communal process, the, the collective process, that we, we come together as a congregation, and, and, and this idea of using the arts, reclaiming the arts, what you're speaking about, Armando, in this time is so, so needed because what, what's, what you look around and you see, you have a lot of people that are lethar- lethargic, that are just sitting on the pew, so to speak, that are just attending and barely attending at that. You know, the numbers are going down as we look at stats in terms of church attendance. Many believers, but the attendance, physical attendance of coming into a building is at an all-time low, and it seems to be going lower in terms of people who are faithfully attending church. So whatever you believe about that, whoever's listening, what is important is that we engage people when they actually do decide to show up. When they do decide to show up, that it's not this passive that, and so this idea of reclaiming the arts and using the arts and everyone's gifting collectively to have this corporate worship experience is so needed now in this day you've published a book recently and and um it's an interesting book i've, I've looked through some of it tell us about this book and how it came about
1: okay um, yeah, I recently published a book and it's called I feel you. Um, and the, the tagline is, uh, illustrations on how I am dealing with my own grief. And it literally, that's what it is. Um, I lost my brother on January the 4th. Um, he was 50 years old. Just my, my closest brother in age. Um, we were, you know, the dynamic duo as kids. He was, uh, my first and, uh, you know, longest friend. Um, so he passed uh, due to complications, complications due to COVID. He didn't die because of COVID or from COVID, but let me rephrase that. He didn't die from COVID, but because of COVID, right? He had some underlying conditions. It was really sudden. Um, I uh, did have the opportunity to go to Louisiana and be there. Uh, all actually, all my siblings, we all were able to be there uh, for his final moments, and uh, it was, you know, it was really staggering. Um, very staggering. Uh, And so I had gone to some um, counseling and therapy a few years ago. I had a little bit of a a mental uh, hard time, I guess you could say. And uh, I I went to counseling and therapy and and it was one of the best things that ever happened to me. I'm I'm so thankful for it. Um, But one of the, uh, Things that I, I did in one of my with one of my therapists was just um, working through emotions by free association and and talking you know so anyway being an artist uh, my first go to whenever I have any kind of emotional is drawing you know sketching whatever uh, putting down trying to put down my ideas and thoughts but um, so what I started doing um, I had already kind of created this time every morning where I was spending time being creative. Um, so um, my wife goes to work really early. I would drop her off and spend a couple hours just working my creative time um, uh, daily. And so I started just trying to work through my beef during that time. And and just by doing these really simple line art drawings, they're not, I mean, the, the drawings themselves are not super complex. Um, they're really simple. Um, I, I think as I've, done it more. I mean, there, there's, there is some complexity to them, but it's, I try to still be simple because I'm not trying necessarily just, just to create a piece of art, but literally I'm trying to work through the feelings that I have. And so basically um, I started work doing that daily. And um, because I knew my family was also grieving at the time I started sharing the illustrations on Facebook, um, just for about a week um, uh, I started sharing them and I had people respond like immediately saying, this is exactly how I feel. Or I, I, I didn't know how to express what I was feeling. or, Hey, can I share this? You know, cause I had it on private just for my friends and family. Like, can you, can you make this shareable? Because I've got some friends that are going through some grief right now and I'd love to be able to share this with them. That was, you know, some of the comments that I had. So I, took the the uh, illustrations off of my uh, personal Facebook because I didn't want to just keep you know loading people up with my grief um, so I created an Instagram that was specific for that and just told all my friends and family hey, I'm still doing this but so that I don't just keep flooding your your timelines with my grief it's on a this separate area what, if you'd like to what, follow you can yeah what
0: you know? is the, go ahead and what is the Instagram for this
1: it's um at grief.daily yeah so i just at created grief. this instagram
0: can i tell you i've looked through not all of them cuz you the first book has how many illustrations
1: there's 48 illustrations I know in the you,
0: book and you're going to release a, another version right that's longer is that correct yeah
1: yeah So towards the end of the year um yeah. if
0: i get it wrong cuz i'm going to try to describe you know it's a visual you're trying to describe it so those that are listening through this format the podcast can kind of visualize it somewhat but one of one of the ones that really stuck, stood out to me was um, so there's this i described it as a hairy ball of grief above this this figure this person above their head and then it's a series it's a series of of the figure responding to this and then he he basically pulls it down and and kind of reforms it in his hand i'm describing it the best i can and puts it into the shape of a heart and then puts it back up into his chest right such a powerful visual behind that do you do you want to describe anything else behind that what you were feeling cuz every one of the right armando every one of these were very personal to you these aren't just random i'm just making these sketches to describe grief in a generic sense
1: exactly yeah and, and that was a thing um, because it, uh, it, i didn't intend it for it to be a book you know it that wasn't like i'm going to make a book you know it was more of i need to work through these feelings and I'll go ahead and share this with people, and you know, uh, maybe it'll give it'll help them, you know. But, um, and, but if it doesn't, that's okay because that wasn't the goal, you know. What I mean, I mean, it's not that it's okay, but you know what I'm saying? It's like if it helps people, that's awesome, you know. Everything beyond it helping me is awesome because it's literally this is literally li- like my time of dealing with my own grief the way that i deal with it as an artist is by creating by trying to give my feelings voice or by trying to create an image that i can wrestle with you know and so that particular one i um i share all of them with my wife i, I would send them to her in a photo and uh, she had sent uh, me this message and it says grief has a way of being a friend sometimes hey grief i know you're here I feel you, and thank you for coming. I need to feel this, and I'm going to be okay. She had sent me that I think the day before, and so as I was there working through this grief, I this image that uh, it's a series of sketches is of me taking that grief and saying, okay, if if I'm going to grieve, which I am, um, I'm going to make sure that it's because, or make sure that it that I understand personally, that this is love, you know, this is, and it was a, it was the beginning of a healing process where I got to the place where I feel like I'm more balanced now because I came to an understanding that grief is love. And if grief is love, yeah, if grief is love, then, um, then I'm going to, uh, embrace it, you know? And so this image was, yeah, the, of me, taking that grief and kind of standing up with it on my chest. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to embrace this. And it was hard to do that, you know, but, um, every day, I mean, I'm talking about an hour, an hour and a half of just, you know, working through feelings, working through, trying to understand, well, what am I feeling? Why am I feeling this? And I find that, you know, it's kind of cyclical. I go through these cycles of how I'm feeling with the grief but I feel more balanced every time I come around to that same thing, you know. And so, um, you know, it started off at, at, like you said, at this big, you know, ball of grief, this messy thing, and that's uh, um, just how I how I saw it, you know. Think, at the time,
0: I think you sent it to me that particular one, like separate from the book. And yeah. I told, I sat on it for a little bit. and just like, well, I, I just couldn't if so. And you sent me a few at, during that time that you're working on. And that one just struck me so visually, so powerful because it, it doesn't need words. Like you can tell it's, ex- it's, it's expressing so much. And one of the many things I do is I'm a theatrical clown and I have several clown acts that I do where it's dealing with um, some pretty serious stuff, almost like not not a circus clown as much as, or a party clown, a children's clown, as much as a theatrical clown or a character. Right. And I was telling you, I go, I almost feel like I could put that on stage with one of my characters. Somehow he reaches up and he grabs that ball and refashions it and puts it back into his chest as a heart. It's just that powerful. I I remember one more... um, and you're gonna have to help me because I my memory's a little sketchier on this one, but there was a, a series where the character is there's a, several stacks I believe of suitcases and the character's sitting on one of the stacks. I don't am I mm-hmm. describing that correctly? And then I told you I said that was really interesting to me too. And then you you told me more about it and the story behind it was actually even more interesting. So maybe you can share that.
1: Yeah, um, you know I think that's and part of therapy and and well at least for me the way that it is is just as you're working through things you're learning you know and for me um i think grief this grief particularly has really been a a lot of learning about myself and how i feel things and why i feel things and, and this you know of course it's my brother you know he passed oh man like i said he was just a year older than me very we were very close uh, in our way um But it was just so overwhelming and I was struggling so badly for for so long, you know, working through this. And um, this on this particular illustration that you're talking about, I had um, created this illustration thinking about the way that I feel like having to unpack. um, the, The quote I wrote was, I feel like somewhere in all of this is an answer to help understand what I'm feeling. I just don't know how long it will take to unpack it all, and where to put it. And so I, uh, I drew an illustration of myself sitting on a suitcase, and there was um, a, a total of uh, seven suitcases, and um, I'm sitting on the on the nearest one. And l- later that day, because you know I kind of ruminate on the the different things that I work through in the morning throughout the day. Um, And I realized that um, what my brain had done, you know, and that's that's the goal of therapy, especially free association is you're just kind of letting your subconscious speak to, you know, and um, I realized that I had done this illustration before um, or similar. It was um, it was relating to a a time where my siblings and I, we were separated and uh, I was sitting on my little Stack of you know on my little suitcase and, and and not not realizing that that was actually like a, a an illustration about grief itself and I realized that um I started thinking about the different times that there was a reason to grieve my brother uh Michael, and I realized you know I kind of wrote them down, and literally there are seven times that I've grieved my brother um where there was a loss, you know, where we were separated or where, well, basically that, because we were separated six times when we were kids. And uh, this is the seventh one, but this one is the final one, you know, at least in this world. Um, And so it was just like this epiphany. um, And I realized how powerful um, art can be um, and how powerful uh, just spending time um, grappling with your feelings versus, you know, stuffing them, which is what I did in the past, you know, and, and allowing them to just build up to the point where, you know, I was, you know, manic or frustrated, uh, versus just literally sitting down and saying, okay, what is it that I'm feeling today? Or, you know, why did I dream this last night? Or, you know, what's going on with my emotions? Um, and, um, uh, that day I, I did that illustration, um, really was something very powerful for me. And, uh, you know, I, I wrote about it, a little bit about it on the book and on my blog. Um, and, uh, basically, yeah, it was this seven times. This is the seventh morning, whether you M O U R N I N G seventh it's morning so and, powerful. Uh, Yeah, it was it was very real.
0: Now, I wanted to go back and just because you said you drew a picture of yourself, so just so the listeners are listening, that it's not literally a picture of you, right? Describe describe the figure that you use over and over in all these different scenarios or or word pictures. I'll just describe it that way. Like describe the face and the figure because it's the same figure in in different configurations.
1: The figure itself is just um, it's uh, a very plain. Um, it's not a stick figure the face is round like a round head with two dots for eyes and no mouth you know Um, the expression I try to put in the posturing of the body the body is usually just the outline of the body no hands most of the time it's just like this is the basic shape of the human form Um, and I think I did that originally uh, just because I wasn't really focused on like trying to create a drawing. You know, I'm not like trying to be technical with anything, um, but more what I'm trying to do is just show that this is me, you know, on the, in the simplest terms, at the basic, most basic level. And what I've heard from people, I've had several people that have told me, you know, the thing is, the artwork is so simple. It's just literally black lines on white paper with, uh, uh, you know, there are some that are very detailed, but still it's, it's still very basic circle head outline shape of the body. And yeah, that's it. You know, it's really, really simple. And like I said, because um, I'm really just focused on working through my feeling and this is me visualizing. What that is, you know, and so the expression is more in posture than it is on uh in like facial expressions um although there are there is one on day twenty three I remember I was really struggling that day because I went through like this roller coaster of emotions where I was angry and sad and happy and blank, and so it's that that day is literally just like six circles with different eyebrow expressions because that's how I felt that day you know and uh you know because and I think that the thought that day was I thought this was supposed to be more linear than this you know I thought it was going to be like you know like the seven steps of grief and it's you progress through it but for me it hasn't been that way it's been like I said it's been very circular and I find myself you know one day being okay and then the next day not being that great
0: Where are you, you know, as an artist working through processing and, you know, some of the best art, as many of us know, is, is a personal expression. And it's so true to just the core of who humans are, humanity, that it speaks volumes to everyone, even though it's very personal, but it, yet it's very universal. Um, where are you in your, in your grief and your healing process and what God's doing in your heart? and Where are you now? And, and, and I think we'll end with this. What is something that you would say to those of us who have lost so much uh, and not all of us are grieving the loss of humans we can lose right we can lose spouses we can in terms of divorce we can lose jobs but we're living in a day and age where obviously there's a lot of loss and it produces grief anxiety depression this is a natural process to go through but what is what would you say has been helpful for you and you think is helpful for others Uh, Maybe something that would encourage someone as they're going through their grief. And if it is just that traditional, that tough thing that you have to bear when someone passes that you love so deeply, what would you, what has been helpful for you?
1: Well, I think for me, um, what's been helpful is to uh, not run from the feelings, you know, it's just, you know, feel your feelings, you know, and uh, so that's what I've been doing, you know, daily, uh, you know, I'm, I think I'm like, on 109 illustrations, so um, every day, you know, uh, almost every day, I, I stop and I address myself and my feelings and where where am I at and my feelings, and um, by doing that um i've I've had the opportunity to um realize that sometimes uh even though my feeling is real um it's not necessarily true what I'm thinking because um uh, well here what I mean by that is that you know i'm okay like it's grief itself well, it's this horrible thing. Is what we think um, because of how we feel, but then if you really look at it, um, and you take time to really look at it, um, it's it's actually grief is something that is uh, necessary. It's beautiful mm-hmm. and actually, yeah. um, there was a, a a singer that just recently passed away from cancer. Um, her her name was Nightbird. It was the singing name that she used, but she said, you know, at right as she was. Dying, literally passing away, she said, "Just remember, it's okay to grieve, because grief shows that you had something to love. So there's beauty in it. And so uh, I think when I realized that um, that grief is love, then I was able to put it in a place of better perspective, where the reason I grieve so much is because I had so much love." And now um, one of the recent ways that I expressed this was through an illustration of uh, me um, basically breaking down a mountain, which is – I've used a mountain metaphor for grief quite a bit. And then I had a a valley over on the other side. And when I realized what grief was, that grief is love, then I'm taking this mountain of grief that's blocking my view and dismantling it and literally filling up the valley that my loss has created, this hole. And so I'm feeling more balanced because I realize, hey, you know what? This is still love. Now, I'm not receiving that love from him the way I had in the past, but that doesn't diminish the love for that I have for him or the, or the love that I have had from him. And so I'm able to you know lower take down the mountain and fill up the valley which is a very it's a very god thing you know like there was a in the old testament there was a a place called the city of refuge and it was the place where if something happened like say you accidentally killed somebody or you you know you could run to the city of refuge and stay there until a certain thing happened and then you were you would be able to basically petition, you know, give your case. But one of the things that was uh, um mandated to the people that were in charge was that um the the road to the city of refuge had to be flat and if there was a mountain they had to like bring it down and if there was a valley they had to fill it up and when they did that they were creating a way for that person to get to God basically because that was the that's what the metaphor was about. And so, you know, John the Baptist was make the valleys, uh, fill the valleys and bring down the mountains, you know, because Jesus was coming. So he was the forerunner and he was proclaiming the city of refuge, who was Jesus. Right. And so for me, when I realized that grief is love, I was able to, in my own feelings, bring the mountain down and fill the valley and create an avenue for me to come back to God in thankfulness and say, you know, yeah, I've, I've lost my brother on earth here. And, um, but I see the love that he gave me and I understand that this grief is me, this, what I've cherished that I'm missing now. So I'm just going to fill it up here and then come back. And, And that's the other thing is when I realized that, then I was able to, um, try to carry this grief with thankfulness, you know, and uh, it's still heavy, but it's more manageable when you come at it with thankfulness. I'm thankful that I had my brother. I'm thankful for the love that we've shared and the memories and all of that. I'm grieving his loss, but I'm thankful. And because I'm thankful, it's it doesn't change the grief, but you know what? It changes me. Mm-hmm. That's and I'm so able good. to see the grief. I'm able to see the grief better, you know. That's so and good. And so, yeah, that's beautiful. It's been, it's been. Thank you. Yeah, it's been a it's been a journey, you know. And um, sharing this book has been very uh, cathartic for me, you know. Uh Where can we find your book? Um, there's I feel um, you. Right, it's called I feel you. I feel you. Yeah, it, you can actually get it at Barnes and Noble, um, Amazon. And, um, there's a few other electronic outlets. Now this is a paperback book. It's not an ebook. It's an actual like paperback. So they would order it. Um, you can also, if they go to my website, which is armandocreative.com, there's a link on there that they could buy it.
0: Armando, where can people follow you on your social media? Where, where can we learn more about your work and what you're doing and keep up to date with you? Where, where would you send people? Um. I think
1: um, I'd send them to armandocreative.com. I have my socials are on there, all of my links. You know, I'm on Instagram, um, Armando Here. It's at Armando Here, um, and also uh, uh, Grief Daily.
0: We are so glad to have you join yeah, us great. today on the podcast, The Painted. It's been such a such a powerful conversation. We we really pray, and I know I know it's in your heart too that this has been a blessing for people, especially those of us that have lost dealing with
1: grief all right man i appreciate it thank you for the opportunity
0: to keep up with the painted please follow us on instagram or facebook at only the painted you can also dm us on instagram or if you'd like to leave an email please send us email at only the at gmail.com please like share comment anywhere that you listen to our podcast and thank you again for the support